Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Welcome, everybody, to Get Real and Stay True. This is the coolest, I don't know. I think this is one of the coolest interviews, talks that I have ever had. It's when you, anybody that knows me, knows that I love to be the wind underneath everybody's cape. And I love when see, I love to see people just kind of find their thing and just go with it. And I don't think, Nick, I don't think we've seen each other truly in about, I don't even know, probably 15, close to 17 years. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's right. We, I have a just little memory that we may have run into each other, like a UPW, like lobby for like a second like 10 years ago and we're like oh what's happening cool everything but no it you know it's it's amazing how you blink and time flies and um yeah we were we were just reminiscing before we started the podcast that i might have been 23 when we met and uh crewing at life mastery in palm springs california that was the first time like Tony did it in a hotel and you were like in charge of trying to recreate the Fiji experience, which I had had uh, in a hotel and it was great. We had a great couple of weeks. Like it was in the thick of it. That's so crazy. And now you're 41 and now you're married with a beautiful baby girl, June. June, who's four and a half, the, the light of my life. And uh, yeah. And all these things. Who is Nick Orner? And I'm, Beyond excited because I love tapping anybody that is familiar, um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, aka tapping. But I don't, I don't want to talk about. I just want to talk about who you are, your mm. journey, and then get a little bit into tapping and why it's so important, and and how you did it. I know you've written several books. I want you to talk a little bit about that. I know the tapping solution for stress-free living, the tapping solution for pain relief. And I think chronic pain, and you have the your documentary, the tapping solution. I know that I know a lot of people have had great results with um, fibromyalgia for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, a, bit, mm -hmm. a lot of people, and as well as insomnia. I don't have a problem with that one. I'm out, but I think maybe I'm out because I listen to my tapping solution to go to sleep. I think there I'm we go all the time. And what I love most about you, and always have, is your philanthropic spirit. Mm -hmm. I know that anytime we did anything, you were always like, how can we help? How can we serve? And um, so tell me, how did you get, how did you get into this? What inspired you? Let's just, let's just let you roll. Oh man. Thank you. Well, so, you know, it, especially thinking on those, those, those years. And when we met, those were such formative years for me. Um, 
2000 and well, I can, I can tell you, you know, some of the big changes. So my mom bought Tony Robbins tapes in, you know, probably from TV in the nineties. And so through high school, I remember picking them up and they're like, there they were the tapes. I know you can see them clearly as clearly as I can and put them in a Walkman. And, you know, that began sort of that transformation, that self-help, putting that little seed in me, like, how do I become better? How do I become a better version of myself? And then October, November, 2001, shortly after the September 11th attacks, um, I had moved to New York City about a month afterwards. So September 11th, I had moved to New York. October 11th, I was walking through the streets of Manhattan and I see a learning annex poster for you know, with, with Tony's mug on it, he's on the cover and it was UPW. And I was like, Oh, this event in New Jersey and all right, maybe I should go. So I went by myself, which, you know, I think that shows a little bit of like the entrepreneurial spirit and the craziness that's always been, you know, I'm just living in New York. I'm going, all right, I'm going by myself to this thing. And, uh, remember the empty chairs when I walked into the, you know, the auditorium and it's just slowly filling up and the dancing and uh, the energy starts to build in the room. And as you've seen time and again, just a magical weekend of, of transformation. And when I think about that weekend and I always tell people who are thinking about, you know, going away for a weekend, doing something like that, and especially the impact that, that Tony's had on my life, I think the biggest thing was the step of taking personal responsibility for who you are and for your life. And it seems like if you're listening to this podcast, it can be easy to take that for granted because you're already likely taking personal responsibility. But I don't know if you remember, Lauren, that distinction, that like breakthrough, because most people walk around and it's important to know that about the rest of the people in the world that we inhabit, right? The people that we see at the grocery store or on an airplane, that most people don't take personal responsibility and don't really think they can change their lives, right? Like you think that things happen to you, that emotions happen to you, that if you're angry, it's because somebody made you angry, not because you created that anger within yourself. And this obviously dovetails, you know, as we go down the road into tapping. Um, so that was a big transformation for me. And I got deep into that stuff. I went to Fiji, I did, you know, I did the year and then I crewed. And that's when we spent more time together me saying how we were in Fiji. I think we were in, yeah. we were in Fiji. Yeah, we were in Fiji together. Yep, I I had an, a magical week in Fiji um, with you, and just that really also kicked off a deep, uh, you know, passion into fasting and cleansing. You probably laughed as you've seen in the last couple of years how hot fasting is as a topic. Oh man, look at it, what would have happened if I would have just freaking done that full time, right? Like I mean, I mean, fast. Then. You know, it's like back then. I mean, we're talking, you know, which we're talking 2003, and you know, life mastery is a fast. Like that's incredible. That you know. Yeah, and I think it's what's beautiful about it is the pro, you know, just the program itself. Is I'm like I went to school and got NTA certified, and then I went to the Wigmore Institute, and then going into you know, the Whole Foods certified, raw foods certified, all these different things. Back yeah. then, it definitely was not a cool thing when colonics and wheatgrass and everything. Oh my gosh, what is going on, right? When we did the Gong meditation, and like as you know, so much emotion comes up, and that's why I love so much about that, about tapping in that emotional freedom because when you're cleansing, we always say when you, when you get your body out of the way, your spirit can start to move through you again. And you, you even shared it again about that personal responsibility. And because Tony wasn't at the program, it wasn't like, oh, like 
Tony, you know, tell me what I need to do. You yeah. have to take personal responsibility and what was happening with your emotions and learning different things like the mood meter, which I love. And, um, you know, and just having to dig deep and be with yourself. Yeah. And it's funny because I was just talking to my niece about this. She was out here visiting me. And if she's listening, hopefully she's listening. And uh, I love, I adore her. She's 19 years old, but she started, you know, when we, when she was out here, she was like, well, I'm this way because my parents and I'm like, Lila, I love you. And we have to have talk about this right now. Yeah. You know, I go, it's a lot easier to blame, shame and justify than to really take personal responsibility. I said, and I asked her the question about, you know, like, do you really want to do this? And I'm just so proud of her of that you know, that awareness now that she has, yeah. oh my gosh, well, I didn't even think about it. She did a little bit of these exercises when we were out here. I said, let's go, let's do this. But can you talk a little bit more about that? Like personal responsibility and what shifts when you do? Yeah. I mean, look, step one is having that awareness. So like that is, I tell people once they have that awareness, that is huge because most people don't. So then it's about what tools do you have to create that change? And that's really where, tapping or EFT blew me away because there's so many things that happen to us and we go, okay, well, so somebody said something that offended me. I'm angry. And now I have this awareness, personal responsibility. I can do something about this, but it's very difficult for a lot of people to do something about it, especially if we've been running these old patterns and old tapes. Um, it was also tricky too, when we have this awareness of personal responsibility is to not go straight into, okay, so I have personal responsibility. I got to change these things. And then it's so easy to beat ourselves up. Right. Like we can go far the other way. And now we're just like destroying ourselves because we're not perfect. Right. Like, because we're not, I mean, one of the things that I had to learn a couple of years um, after really getting into Tony stuff and all the things I would learn took me a couple of years to realize I'm never going to be Tony Robbins. Right. Like, Tony is Tony and I don't need to tell you and like, but you know, anyone who's in the audience, they aspire to be like, be like him. What I had to learn to do is to take his information and Wayne Dyer's information and Louise Hayes information and all the people that affected me and all the different things and then create my version of what that looks like. And that was a, that was a big step and a big revelation for me um, to, to know this is the way that I'm going to be. Yep. Huge. I mean, I remember that obviously you can imagine teaching when I was teaching Fiji so many times Oh, totally. and you know, and people were coming there and some people actually didn't even realize that he wasn't going to be there. And you know, you show up as a, you know, facilitating the program and we were doing 36 week long programs a year. It's kind wow. of like Groundhog Day. Yeah. But I found me and my unique, mm. you know, that I knew how to do interventions in, in my way. And I took what I learned, like you said, but I, created, you know, I, I took that and I, and I did, how do I be my best me? Right? Yep. I don't want to be another, I don't want to be a little mini Tony. Yep. Right? And so wait, wait, he, I just said, okay, who can I model? Like you just said, yours were, you know, Louise Hayes, Wayne Dyer, you know, all of those people and just looking for those mentors and how important that mentorship is. And, and also I think taking a step back and, um, and like you said, not beating yourself up. But I loved it. I loved just to keep track of all of the little things that happen, big and small, great little wins in my life. Like the thing I'm probably most proud of is being a mama. And Absolutely. Amazing entrepreneurs um, out there. But I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And I still have a lot to work on. But 
but you said something really interesting, you know, like you said, like you have that awareness, you say, okay, I'm going to take personal responsibility, right? But that takes a lot of courage, as, like you said, too, and because it's easier to go the other way and beat ourselves up about it. What do you think the step is from personal responsibility to moving through that, like, I'm going to do this no matter what? Yeah. Well, I think you've got to find a tool that allows it to happen more easily. And obviously my go-to tool is, is tapping because if we are in that state, if we're angry, if we're overwhelmed, if we're stressed, we've been running this pattern for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? So it's like, we got an awareness, we've been running this pattern. And if you don't have a tool to move through that pattern, well, guess what? You're not going to, you're just going to keep running that pattern. So what the tapping allowed me to do and allows people throughout the world to do is go, I've got this pattern. I've got my brain doing what it does, which is when this person says this, I react this way because this is an old tape I'm running from my childhood, from growing up, from all these things that aren't your fault, right? Like this, but now, now that you know, now you can accept responsibility. You have a tool and many tools, tapping is just one of them to create that change. And then what's exciting about that is once you know you can create that change, what I hear time and again when people get into tapping is they say, the word that I hear time and again is hope. Because there's so many people out there that are like, I just, I don't, I've been trying, you know, like I've been reading the books. Like that's, that's what's frustrating. I read the books and I took some courses and I did this and I turn around and I'm still getting frustrated. I'm still getting angry. And, you know, it's not like you're ever going to be perfect. I'm not, I'm still working on it. But I, 100% can tell you I'm a different human being now than I was 20 years ago. And my friends and family can attest to it, right? That's like, do you really get upset? No, I don't. I don't get. But if it happens, it happens like for like such a money, because what I love about tapping, especially on the app, because I do want to talk about the app. Yeah. We can talk about that. Maybe you, maybe you'll even, hopefully maybe for our listeners, do something fun for them. Totally. The one that I, I, that I have had a lot of people who are having that feeling of not enough is the one about loving and accepting your body, especially, mm. especially for teens. Oh, I absolutely. Know, there's so much just with social media and just the comparison, but I know also the one, um, and another one that I've been recommending was the one of, obviously, which is, uh, I think Dr. Sears said the number one disease that comes into his practice are parents that are financially stressed. Oh, and yeah. I love the one that you have about stress and anxiety about finances, but really giving people language, music, um, you know, and then a physical thing that they can do. So can you share a little bit more kind of like attention all Kmart shoppers about tapping? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I think it's important to look at the research and the science that's really come in in the last couple of years. This has been around for 30 years now, but we didn't really know we were going, okay, you know, Chinese meridians, we call it tapping because we are physically tapping on these endpoints of meridians. And what the latest research is showing is that when we think of a stressful situation or we're in a stressful situation, our amygdala is firing, the fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. Now, we all know it and we're all aware of it. It's a healthy part of our brains when we're in danger. If we're in a dangerous situation, we need to activate these resources to fight or flee. The challenge is that on a daily basis, we are activating it all day long, time and again, with little things and big things. So we get an email from our boss and it reads wrong or they say something a little nasty and boom, that amygdala fires. We think that we are in danger. We think we're unsafe. We go on social media and we see a picture of somebody that is skinnier than us and looks fantastic because they have the right filter and the right thing. 
and boom, that amygdala fires. It says that we are unsafe. It's a part of us, the other side of the amygdala, not only did it keep us safe physically, historically, it's also designed to look for negativity in our lives. There's a thing called the negativity bias. And we are all aware of it. And we're, especially if you're an author and you've put out a book, you know the negativity bias because you will read 500 great reviews and one bad review and the 500 are irrelevant to you and the one bad review sticks in your craw. You can have 100 great interactions with somebody and they send a text without the right emoji and that one interaction, oh, I'm so mad about it. And that's because we have this negativity bias as part of our brain that says, that's ancient. All our ancestors, I like to joke that our ancestors were like negative and they were pessimistic and they were on the lookout for danger all the time. And that's how they stayed alive. Because if there's a saber-toothed tiger around the corner, the dude who's meditating is getting eaten, right? Like the guy who's doing positive affirmations is getting eaten. The guy who's anxious and overwhelmed and looking out for danger is staying alive. Generation after generation, ancestral trauma after ancestral trauma that's built up in us. And what I love about just that knowledge is then I could go, okay, this is my brain doing what it's trained to do. So when I look at a negative review and I react in some way, I go, okay, brain is doing what it's trained to do. I don't need to get... Brain is acting like I just saw a saber-toothed tiger. That's it. I don't need to get mad at myself. I don't need to judge myself for not having enough willpower, for not being positive enough, for not being happy enough. Brain's doing what it does. Now I have a choice in this moment with that awareness to do something about it. What the research shows is that when we tap on these endpoints of meridians, we send a calming signal to the amygdala. We tell the body that it's safe, which is why time and again, people are anxious and they download the app or they read the book and they do the tapping and they go, I don't know what happened, but 10 minutes later, I feel a thousand times better. And that's because they brought their bodies into it. Not just deep breathing, which is great, meditation, which is great. Where tapping comes in so phenomenally is that it's an active process. When you're really anxious, when you're in the midst of a panic attack, it's hard to do some deep breathing in that moment. It's hard to, it's really hard to meditate. You're not going to go from that state. This is an in-between state to calm the body. Um, I remember hearing a story from Scarlett Lewis, who uh, lost her son, Jesse, at the Sandy Hook school shootings. And I live in Newtown. It happened 10 minutes from my house. It's a whole bigger conversation that we can talk about. But I worked with Scarlett a lot. She learned the tapping. It helped her. And one night, maybe a year after the shooting, she woke up at three in the morning in the midst of a panic attack. And if you've ever had a panic attack, it's not like, hey, you're anxious. It's like, you got to go to the hospital, right? Because the world is collapsing on you. You can't breathe. You can't think. You can't hear. And her other son, JT, was in the other room. She thought, okay, it's three in the morning. And call an ambulance, go to the hospital and get back before he wakes up. Like she's a single mom. It was that kind of thing. Like, what do I do here? She was about to call an ambulance and she said, well, let me just try tapping for like she had that little moment of awareness. That's like that, which is all we need to change our lives. That little spark of like, oh, what if I do something else here? She tried tapping. She tapped for 10 minutes. She fell asleep. Not only did she reduce the panic attack, she went back to sleep, gone, done and dusted. And that to me is such an example of taking the control back. I mentioned the word hope. The other thing I hear from people when they do tapping is they go, I feel like I have control again. If you're anxious, if you're prone to anger, if you're prone to being overwhelmed and stressed, you don't feel like you're in control of your life because you have all these emotions coming at you. You're like, 
you know, feeling anxious doesn't feel good. And if you don't know what to do about it, it can tend to spiral in and of itself. So now you're anxious and then you're scared that you're going to be anxious. And now you keep wiring that loop and go boom, boom, boom. And you can spiral down really easily. What's happening, people say, I have hope and now I'm in control of how I feel, which is just, just that by itself is groundbreaking. Absolutely. And I love that you said that telling the body that it's safe. Yeah. Because, you know, even you ask every, you know, they talk about what does a woman need from mm. that she needs to feel safe. Yeah. You know, that that's mostly that, that, that someone's got your back with regards. And so telling your body that it's all good, you know, is such a beautiful thing. And, and I love how you said that too, that that little spark of awareness and the more, and if you have this tool in your toolbox, right? What, tell me how you've yep. used it with kids. I want to know a little bit more of how you've used it with children. Cause I know that you've done a lot with, with schools. A lot. Yeah. So there's a couple of things uh, with kids. One, we have a children's book for kids. So it's probably for ages, you know, let's say three to four to eight to 10. So it's a nice range and it's a little story. My brother wrote the book. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, shows the tapping points. There's different animals around the different tapping points. So it makes it easy to remember. It makes it fun. Next, one of the next big phases for the app in 2020 will be a kids section um, where it'll be for parents and kids. So parents to do uh, with their kids because it works so well for going to sleep and nightmares. And some of the things that I've really seen where I think it's a, it's only a matter of time. It's a total breakthrough in psychology for kids is this. If you're dealing with a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, you know, even a 10-year-old, I mean, you know, you've raised lots of kids and you're talking to an eight-year-old and they come home upset from school and you ask them what happened, you're unlikely to get anything. If you ask a five-year-old what happened, even if they want to share, they're unlikely to have the, you know, verbal awareness to really share the situation properly and say what they're feeling. Um, I remember distinctly working with a little girl after Sandy Hook. She was five years old. She wasn't, she was shy to begin with. You could just tell that she was started off shy and now she's in one of the classrooms and you can only imagine she's not going to be able to describe what she witnessed and what she felt. Her body was completely locked up and traumatized. So guess what? All we did was tap. We could even talk about something else and tap. Don't even have to go right to the issue too. Like we start with, Hey, here's this tapping thing. It makes you feel better. And whether she's thinking about what happened or not, she's beginning to tell her body it's safe. And now when you begin to tell your body it's safe and you begin relaxing the body, then you can open up the door to awareness and say, you know, loud noises were bothering her. So we talked about loud noises and just, again, tapping and loud noises. I, look, I'm not a trained psychologist or psychiatrist. I approach this from the self-help world. I'm just a person sharing these tools, but I've seen time and again the results are out of this world, and which is why psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists and nurses are bringing this into their practices because they go, if I take the skill set I had before of how to work with people and how to be with people and how to help people heal, and I add this tool that can help their bodies heal, uh, the results are absolutely extraordinary. Well, you know, when I found it, it was just recently, it was with my daughter, um, 12 years old, you know, going through all that stages. And yeah. No stuff happens with young yep. girls, and and on top of it, they've got a lot of the body changes yep. happening with them. And it was funny because I unconsciously had her tap. I remember mm. she came home and she started crying, and I'm like, Asher, come on, just do do this with me. And then I just started, and so it almost became like this pattern interrupt with her. And yeah. she, what are we doing? And then she stopped. You know, yeah. 
He goes, Mom, what are you? What are we doing? And I'm like, Come on, just follow me. Just yeah. come along with me. And so it was. Uh, I was a mom, like trying to make things, you know, correct things or tell her what to do. So as if I found it for just you know, tween girls, that that was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, it worked, right? Without totally. Me without me saying, here's what you need to do, Asher. Try, you know, do this or that. I'm sure you see that all the time. No, all the time. And parents always ask, how do I do it with my kids? And I say, first thing you got to do is you've got to ca- have them catch you doing it on your own, right? So be in the kitchen, they're over there and you're doing the tapping. Even if you feel great, if this is like the strategy, the underground strategy, let them see you do it. Let them come to you. It's like, you know, feeding a pet tiger or something, you know, it's like, okay, let them come to you. Take your time. Then they go, what are you doing? They can make fun of you. They can do whatever, but they see you and they see that you're feeling better. Then the other thing that happens with parents, I wrote a whole book on tapping for parents and kids with case studies on incredible results that people around the world are having with it. The other thing is to do, the first half of the book is for the parents to do their work first. Because what happens is your daughter comes home and if you're not in a grounded space, if you haven't done the work, let's say it's a recurring issue she's having at school, you're putting all your own stuff on her, your stress on her, your anxiety, trying to push her in a certain direction or push him in a certain direction. When you do the tapping, you get your energy in your space and your being in a different place, they will respond dramatically different. And we've all seen it as parents, right? Like if you're frazzled, you come in from a frazzled interaction with at work or something else, your kids will pick up that energy and they'll either move right into that energy with you Although they'll reject you because they don't want to be part of that energy. So step one, do your own work. And so many things change from that place. My friend, Mike Hutchinson always says, you should go clean up the, you should go clean up your own backyard before you go out there and clean up the community. Yeah. And that's once again, self-responsibility is what we're talking about. And a lot of times, and you probably, I think for me, lots of times, like I loved you know, leading people through the crew and the crew, because that feels good to take care of everybody. Mm. But then you have to make sure that you stop and, you know, take care of, care of you as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the energy that you had to hold 30 weeks is just massive. I mean, right. massive. And you are, you're literally holding everybody up energetically when you're leading those events. So, um. and then, you know, like you said, like that there gets to be a point, I'm sure that, I, I always like to say, well, not like to say, but I always say that most people are emotionally constipated, right? Mm. Hold, 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 and they hold, hold on, and then they just, boom, like a huge explosion, right? 100%. And you, you know, you even see it, so I see two things when, like, you see it when people are into positive change and development, which is, like, great, and the secret, and love attraction, and happy thoughts, which is all fantastic. Yes, think happy, intend happy, create what you want in your life. But don't do it at the expense of swallowing down everything that you're pissed off about and everything that you're sad about and everything that you have grief about and everything you haven't let go from the past. Um, the I tapping process. There. Let's go there because I think this is really important, right? I know that also that you went through a lot with you can thrive. I think you can thrive organization and working with women with cancer if I'm, yep. if I'm aware. And, do, and I know that I, the, that probably is something that comes up with that. Oh, it comes up. I mean, any, anything that you're dealing with, it's like, it's such a big component in disease. It's not like, uh, you know, I don't like to say like this emotion causes that disease, but it's an, it's a factor of the equation. So, Hey, maybe if it's 20% of the equation that you have been angry your whole life and that's what set off this cascade of genes in your body. And then you picked up the cigarette, like 
everyone who picks up a cigarette doesn't get lung cancer. So there's many factors. Yes, cigarette increases your chance of getting lung cancer, but it's not a one-to-one correlation. Being angry and having repressed anger maybe increases your chances of heart disease. And so we hold these things in. You know, I sat down, I mean, one of the greatest honors in my life, I sat down with Louise Hay a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was 2013. She sadly passed a couple of years ago, but um, I got to sit with her and I'd done some tapping with her. And I said, Louise, you are the queen of affirmations. Like she is all about, you can heal your life and positive thinking. And that's the message that people take from her work. And what are you doing doing this tapping? Because when we tap, we start with the negative. We say, even though I'm anxious, even though I'm angry, I'm afraid. And we try to activate that amygdala. We want to go there. And then we move towards the positive. And she looked at me and uh, you know, she said in her sweet, kind voice, she had her shoes off, her feet on the couch. She said, honey, if you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. And it was just like, so simple. I think about it almost every day. If you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. And that's what we're doing here. We're looking around and we're going, you know what? When it comes to my finances, I haven't been looking at my debt. I've been ignoring my bills. I've been spending too much. This is the dirt in my house. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to relax about it. I'm going to see the dirt. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to move forward from that place. If you're not happy with your weight, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm eating late at night and having these sugary snacks because I'm stressed. Or every time I lose 10 pounds, I put it back on three months later because I don't like the attention I get from men. And this is some dirt in my house from the past that I have to look at. Everywhere we go, everywhere we look, there's some dirt. And we're just, we're looking at it. We're acknowledging the dirt. We're doing the tapping to move through it. And then from that place, when you, it's such a dramatic difference. When you intend, when you visualize, when you create from that place of balance, of positivity, of real peace, as opposed to just forcing yourself. Like you can't close your eyes and go, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to, if your brain is going, no, you're not. You failed 10 times in the last 10 years and blah, blah, blah. Like we, we have to clear out those tapes. We have to clear out that negativity. From there, we intend. And that's a place that we create what we want in our lives. Oh, my God. That's my new favorite thing. I love that. I, and, I, you know, it's funny. When I do the tapping, I actually feel a sense of release, uh, relief yeah. when I do it versus, totally. you know, it doesn't feel so much like um, push and then I'm, having, like you said, like having to be positive with regards to thing. I'm like, all right, here's the truth, right? It's kind of like, just, it is what it is with regards. It is what it is. We put, we bring our brains back online. And if we go back to that fight or flight response, most of us are operating, you know, when we are in that stress state, the blood flows away from our forebrain and into our arms and legs. So we don't think clearly. And it's so obvious when we stop and think about it, you know, where do we get our best ideas? You hear things like in the shower, walking in nature, like all these relaxing things. I mean, when I, when I had the idea to do, to make the tapping solution film, I was on day five of a water fast. So, and this was in 2007. I was at the tree of life in Arizona and it was water and some juices, but I was on day five and a fast. I mean, you know how it is. You're sharp as can be, yeah. you're clear as can be, you're relaxed, you're feeling good and inspiration came in. Like I said, like moving, getting your body out of the way, right? And yeah. Flow starts to flow through you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I love this. I could talk to you forever. What 
made you decide that tapping was your mission? What was, you know, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, right after 9-11 and, you know, moving to New York and that personal response, but what was it that goes, this is it, this is what I've got to, I've got to share this with the world. I've got to make Yeah. It. So, you know, I remember so clearly being at, um, you know, crewing with you in Palm Springs. And it was just like, that was me just loving the work and giving to the world and going, I want to volunteer. There was no part of my brain at that moment in time that said, okay, I'm going to do this because eventually I want to be this. It just, it wasn't even in my consciousness. Like it wasn't in my consciousness to be anything, to write a book, to, you know, do whatever. I was just into it. I was into personal change and seeing people change. Um, I actually remember I worked, I did tapping with some people from Life Mastery. Like they were there. I'd probably just learned about it. It was a technique that I was using and someone was upset and I would do a little tapping with them and see amazing results. Um, so you got addicted. You got yeah. Addicted. It's, like, I, it's like, right. It's like when you get like, you're like, well, how could I not do it? Right. Like, it's like, how could I not do this? Because this is just who I am. So it felt like it was part of your identity. Is it, that what you 100%. I mean, with friends and family, the running joke was don't say anything is wrong around Nick. Cause it'll just make you tap on it. Like now it's the opposite. People now want to tap with me and I'm like, I'm good. Just use the app, you know? <laughs> Um, but then I was just so excited about it, just experimenting. And that's what's fun about it. Like, oh, you hurt your shoulder playing football and it hasn't gone away for three months. I heard tapping works for pain relief. Let me try it. And boom, it works. And you go, what, what just happened? And you see enough of those things. So in 2007, um, I decided to make a documentary film. No filmmaking experience, uh, no money. I made it with credit cards and credit lines. I bought $40,000 worth of camera equipment. And listen to this, Lauren, you probably don't know this. And this is why it's like so insane. I know your life is the same way, but I turn around and I go, so many little steps that connected. And it's like, how did this happen here? I talked to Steve Linder about all the camera equipment because he maybe had done something with film or had bought something. And my sister and brother knew him because they had gone to some events and we obviously knew him from UPW. So... Steve told Nick Polizzi and I what equipment to buy. Like another, people don't know, Steve Linder is an old Tony Robbins guy. Like another big Tony influence to just be like, okay, boom, here's a step on this. Um, bought all this camera equipment. I mean, so clueless. Like we would open up boxes and pull things out and go, I think this is a light. This looks like a light panel. Um, look up YouTube videos for how to light shots. You can see in the movie, I can tell you those were early shots because they're not lit as well. These are later shots when we figure out how to light it. Um, we went around the country interviewing people and we knew that what I did know is that, okay, there's a lot of people like Jack Canfield and Joe Vitale and Cheryl Richardson who were using tapping. Like they were into EFT. So I knew all these experts, Bruce Lipton or into EFT, let me get them on camera and try to make a movie and then once we had all that, we were stuck for a while because it was like, all right, I don't want to just put out a bunch of interviews. Like, I want to show this in action because I know this works. And that's when we came up with the idea to do this four-day, it was actually like a three-day event where we brought in 10 people from around the country. We had all these applications. We went to their house. We filmed them. So John, a Vietnam veteran with 30 years of chronic back pain, um, multiple surgeries, multiple medications. We went to his house. We see him sit on the couch. He's groaning. He's been in pain for 30 years. And sometimes I think back and I go, what was I thinking? Like, 
you know, I was just so passionate, which is what you have to do. But I'm like, how did I, like, this guy's had pain for 30 years. And I go, well, come to this event in Connecticut for a couple of days and let's put it on camera and see what happens. And he woke up the second morning pain-free for the first time in 30 years. So it's like, that's the kind of thing that happens. Those are kind of just like absolute mind-blowing miracles that happen with tapping with this knowledge of our bodies, with, you know, with John, we, we tapped on Vietnam. We tapped on the regret and the shame and the anger and all these decades of emotions built up in his body. And then we checked back in six months later, still pain-free, checked back in five years later, still pain-free. How much time was he spending? I mean, because I know a lot of the times that I do it, it's only like 10 to, you know, 20 minutes. Like what? Yeah. So, so in that first day, he probably you know, tapped for an hour and a half. He, what we did is we had some group sessions and individual sessions. And look, whenever you can work with a practitioner, especially someone who's great or be in a group, there's that amazing energy that happened and the change can happen more quickly. For most people getting into it, especially with the app, I mean, the app sessions are 10 to 20 minutes, some are five minutes because it's really like, I want to just get in people's lives wherever I can. So I'm not going to say go spend an hour a day on this. It's like, hey, do 10 minutes a day. You're going to begin lightening the load. You're going to begin rewiring your brain. You're going to begin changing your life. If you're really stuck, if you have PTSD, if you have you know, a psychiatric disorder, go and work with a qualified professional, a psychiatrist or a psychologist who uses tapping, do those deeper sessions. But you know, for a lot of us, for the daily stressors, for beginning to change our lives, that 10 to 20 minutes of tapping is great. Or just like setting yourself up for the day. Like I like to start, you know, start your day strong, right? Like part of your, you know, 15 minutes of fulfillment. I mean, just yeah. for that part of it as well. You, um, I think the cool thing is you, so you started this basically with your sister and your brother. Is that Yeah. So doing? it was, it was my sister and I that first year. And then our good friend, Nick Pelizzi, a high school friend, one of my best friends, he had no idea what he was doing either. He figured it all out. He went on to make other films and now making amazing documentaries. So this has been become his life path. And then my brother, a couple of years, about two years in, joined us or a year and a half in. And my mom and dad both work for the company now. So it is a, awesome. a family business through that's and through. What, it's a, that's what Gary Vee always says. He says, you know, one, get your kids off your payroll and then, then, get, your, then get on your kids' payroll. There you I'm, go. There you go. Goal. I'm like, I can't wait till my, you know, till Quinn or Joss are hiring me. I love it. I love it. Well, Jess and Alex are, you know, my siblings are supremely talented. I mean, they're both forces by themselves. I, you know, I haven't done anybody any favors along the way by saying, come work in the family business, which is usually the case. Um, and we're just, yeah, I mean, the, the commitment is obviously there through and through to get this technique in everyone's hands, because I, I think it's absolutely life-changing. It's only a matter of time before we start seeing it in healthcare, in hospitals, with veterans. I mean, the work's already being done. To me, you know, the app came out a year ago. What's exciting about the app is that it gives us the ability to really research it. Um, you know, we have 1.2 million completed sessions on the app so far. So that's 1.2 million I, times. I love Jess's sessions. I mean, I know she does. She has a lot of the sessions. I love, love, I mean, I love your sessions and I love, it's just great. It's just to have some variety Oh, absolutely. Different energy. We both take different approaches and some people want the male voice and the female voice. And um, yeah, so I mean, just, a, you know, 2007, put out the movie in 2008. And then we've spent the last decade just sharing the information. I even when we put the movie out, if you watch the movie, I'm in it for like 90 seconds. I was the producer of the film. I, I never wanted to be 
the star. I never wanted to be on stage. Um, in 2013, Reed Tracy from Hay House and Patty Giff and Nancy Levin, we had dinner together. They said, you've got to write a book. And I said, no, I'm not the guy. Like, yeah. There's other experts. Let them do it. They made me a book offer the next day, even though I said, I don't want to write a book. They, they were smart. They made me an offer. And the book was a New York Times bestseller for four weeks. That is all to say I've been like reluctant to be that person. And I think it's so healthy that underneath all of it is that reluctance because I, I hope that the energy I bring to it is one of like, okay, this isn't about me. It's about yep. the technique itself. It's about getting into the hands of as many people as possible. Um, love, whatever credit I get and great. It's fun. You know, sitting at Tony's house 15 years later and being able to connect with my heroes and mentors from that level, like that's just the fun part, but the rest is like, okay, how do we get this technique in people's hands? That's so fun. I really needed to hear that just so you know, because like I said to you before, you know, like, why did I do a podcast? It's like, cause everybody kept saying to do a podcast. I'm yeah. like, well, I don't really want to make it about me. I've got, there's so many people that I just want to really, I don't, I don't need to share like a ton of information. I want to just bring all the people I love and adore and I want people to hear from them, right? Yeah. Like the heroes for me. And I got to tell you, that was a huge breakthrough for me right now with what you just shared. It's like, I've had some, some very unbelievable opportunities this year, but people go like, how did you get that opportunity? I'm like, mm. I don't know. They just called me. Like it wasn't yeah. like chasing it. Right. Like even, right. No, look, you know, I, I mentioned that a couple of years after you know, the first UPW, what I realized that I had to change in my life was to go, okay, you know, what, what I learn and how do I create my life? Not trying to be like Tony. Right. right. Um, and it's tough because he's such a force of personality that like, like you said, everyone wants to be mini Tony. And I'm like, I'm five, nine. He's, you know, I can't even come close. I mean, like he's a giant. Too. I can't either. Exactly. So it's like, okay, forget that. So then, you know, through trial and effort and tapping developed who I want to be. And I think the, the best conclusion of the story is I met Tony in person here in Sandy Hook. He happened to come to talk to some survivors. We're at a little Marriott in the town next door and sitting there. And it's such a wonderful experience for me to be in a small room with Tony. It's like a mentor of mine. And um, we start talking and I introduce myself and he's like, Oh yeah, I know about you and I know about tapping and like you live in Sandy Hook. Like how, how the hell did that happened? So we connected, he supported our work in Sandy Hook and invited me to come down to his house to chat about other things we can do. So went to, went down there and I was sitting out in his little back area with Lori Layden, who was the head of our foundation. She's moved on to other things uh, since then. Three of us sitting and we're just talking about our work and what we're doing and Tony's there, and I know you've seen this a million times. He's furiously taking notes, taking right? Notes. Always just, taking notes. Just taking notes, taking notes. And I'm looking around, and I, I don't have a pen and paper. And, and I'm like, I mean, I know we're talking about stuff, but what's he taking notes? Like, these are a lot of notes that he's taking. And that was the moment that cinched it for me. I've never been a note taker. In school, I wasn't a note taker. And that moment was like so crystal clear. Like, Tony is being Tony. He's taking notes. He's doing things the way he does it. And I'm being Nick Ortner and I'm sitting here and I'm chatting and I don't, I'm not a note taker and he's not right. And I'm not wrong and I'm not right. And he's not wrong, but we're both being ourselves. And I didn't chase like, there's no chasing being in Tony's backyard, right? Like I just did the work 
time and again. It was like, who needs help? Which is what continue to do every day. Who needs help? How can I help them? Let the rest unfold where it may. I love that. I love that. I love that. Do the work time and time again. Just do the work. Yeah, and, and, and look, if there's one thing about social media that just drives me a little crazy is that like, you know, do the work. Like I can't personally get, and we have people who do social media and we share content and I post once in a while, but like Instagram stories, like I can't, like they disappear after a day. To me, that's like insane. And again, we do some, so I'm not saying like they're wrong or you shouldn't do them, but if I have a choice of whether I'm going to create a tapping meditation that will live forever, that will help people, the meditations we created have been listened to 1.2 million times. You know, hopefully we're like McDonald's, billions and billions served eventually, right? Where that number just keeps climbing. So when I create something, when I write something, when I like, when it is there and it can be used time and again for people, I feel like I'm adding value to the world. It's like, this is a solution for something. So some Instagram stories are a solution for something. They inspire people. They share content. Like that is great. But comfortable with, with doing something consistently or totally. Or yeah. So, like but, you said, do you, but you said, do you. Do you and look around your life and go, what am I adding to the world? Like, is this a, is this a net positive? Did I go plus one to the world today with this action, with saying that kind thing, sharing that email, creating that meditation, writing that article, you know, sending that nice text, like whatever it is, create that positivity in the world. And you do that enough times over a long enough period of time. That's when it really adds up. I love that. When I, I, there's a quote in my first book, which I need to send you now that you're a daddy. Please. Because um, to be a person you're not is to waste the person you are. Mm. Right? I love that. We have to remember just, to, and that's where I, like for me, it was like all about staying true to myself. Like every time that I take an action, I'm like, okay, like you said, is it adding in that positive to the world? For me, it's like, am I staying true to myself? Yeah. Right? But acknowledging, and that's why I love tapping again, like what's really going on. I've, I've used it actually a lot over the past couple of weeks. Uh, well, it's so helpful for, for decision-making because it like, before you're making a huge decision, you know, you got all these tapes playing and you've got, oh, you got invited to speak at this conference and whoa, there's significance there. And, you know, you get pulled that way and then this and that. So take five minutes and tap and clear that junk out of your head, get in that space, and then you'll have clarity on the decision. So one final question, because I can't believe it's flown by. What do you do to stay true to yourself other than tap? I think, you know, other than tap, because that's obviously the easy answer, um, just spending time with family. Like, you know, my daughter June is the light of my life. She makes me happy every single day. I don't travel very often. I mean, I, you know, I did a lot of speaking and, um, you know, a lot of events and they were great. And I love being on stage. If you could just put me on stage right now and then not have the two days of travel and everything, um, I'm sure I'll get back to it when she's off in college. But for now, it's like every day I go in from, you know, what you see, well, you actually, this is audio, so people don't see me. But what you see, Lauren, is this barn that I built in the backyard. So it's this big office space with a big bookshelf and then June's right there, you know, and I can come home at 4.30 and play with her and spend time with her and, and be present for her and, you know, watch her grow up. And that keeps me, you know, grounded through and through. Oh, awesome. That's why I love you. I mean, always have you and your sister. I love the bond that you have when you would show up at it, events together, you know, and I think that's uh, a friend of mine. He always talks about, make sure you have a buddy. 
Oh, totally. No, and, and, and still every day. I mean, it's so it's such a gift that we get to work with each other and support each other. And, and you know, to, to have a business partner that you trust implicitly because, you know, you, you both have the same mission and you're working towards the same goals. I mean, that's invaluable and, and has really made us what we've been able to, to do. So the app is the Tapping Solution, right? The Tapping Solution, it's available on Android and iOS. So wherever you get your apps, you can just search the Tapping Solution or go to uh, app.com or just the Tapping Solution is our main website. It's free to download. I think there's about 20 free sessions in there. And then if people want to unlock the 200 others, there's like a monthly, yearly, or annual fee. So that's sort of our business model, which I love because I heard from a Columbia University professor the other day who gives it to her students. She uh, works with a lot of underserved communities and she gives them the tapping for sleep and anxiety. And she says, if it wasn't free, I couldn't give it to a single... I mean, these kids don't have 99 cents to this uh, to get this. So it's free and there's a lot of stuff in there. So... Yeah, use it, share it with friends and family. I know the app is a success because I tap more now with the app and with my own voice and with my sister's voice than ever before because it's just so handy. It's like, it's handy and it lets you go a little deeper. What most people do if they do the tapping on their own, they're angry, they'll tap for like two or three minutes, they'll feel a little better and then they just get on with their day, right? Because it's just easy to keep going. The app sort of locks you in for five or 10 minutes uh, let you see your results over time. And uh, I think that's where you can create real change. I love it. I love the app. Um, for me, once again, a big thing I, I find myself doing it before I go to sleep. Um, is a big yeah, one. huge, um, huge. And then uh, now as part of my rituals, I'll do my Peloton. And then I've I'll got a Peloton that. too. I love it. I love it. Now we have, I mean, we have these, all these. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm excited to share this. I can't wait to get everybody's feedback and I look forward to seeing you very soon. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye. Are you ready to start 2020 strong? Go to laurenlahab.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com and learn more about Lauren's manifestation course. Use code STAYTRUE for your podcast subscriber discount.